This morning I want to take a little time to talk about, we don't often talk about what we're actually doing, we we just get on and do it, but today I want to just bring us back to an understanding of what we're actually doing, what we're here for. Um, I want us to look to see, um, to have an understanding of, of God's view, of the scriptural basis of coming together. Uh, this will help us to enter in more to what we're doing. It will also help us uh, to, to not be in any way affected. A little while ago, there was some thing that was going on about we don't want meetings, and some people decided they didn't want them, which, of course, you're always, anybody's always free to do. But we don't want to lose uh, the significance. We want to understand the basis and the importance of what we're actually uh, doing in these times and not get drawn aside by uh, error or foolishness. So, interestingly, um, I was reading uh, a book which someone had given me and I saw in the book something which I hadn't seen before, which was uh, a very clear um, doctrinal basis uh, because we've always talked about, um, the Bible says, um, don't uh, make sure you don't neglect coming together. Uh, we've always understood that as being important. And we've talked about, we come together, and that's great, and we meet with one another. Uh, but we also meet with God himself. And we know that, we believe that, and we practice that. But it is useful to have an understanding as to... Um, what God says about that. So we've, we've got that based in a real, um, real solid biblical place. Interestingly, um, around about the same time, or, or perhaps a little bit more recently, uh, Avril felt there's something stirring uh, in, in her understanding. And so what I've done, I've asked Avril to come and, and uh, just share with us a little bit what she saw in the Word and then I'll just carry on after that, um, which will be quite a treat to have an opportunity to carry on speaking even after Avril. Yeah, it, it was one of these times when I was just kind of reading some stuff and this just really jumped out at me and really spoke to me in terms of my expectation of when we gather together in a big group rather than gather together in twos and threes and in home groups and stuff like that. And, and Sam, can't say Sam, Psalm, Psalm, how you say it in Scottish is Sam, 22, and it's verse 22, and, and, and there's all this stuff around it, but this is um, David, obviously because it's a Psalm, um, and I, I won't give you all the context of the thing, but the thing that struck me in it was when he said, I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation, I will praise you. And interestingly, Jesus quotes this psalm when he's quoted. It's very complicated. He's quoting a psalm when he's quoted in Hebrews 2, which I'm just trying to find. And in Hebrews 2, verse 12, Hebrews, um, Jesus quotes this very psalm. And he's talking about, in terms of when he brings together his sons, that's us, 
and brings it all together in God and he's sanctifying us and glorifying. He's saying, he's saying and so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. That's us. He's not ashamed to call us brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And in some translations, it's assembly, great assembly. Some, it's congregation. And the thing that, as I started to look at that and kind of look around, and there's a number of different psalms that were David's talking about, declaring God before the assembly, before his brothers, rather than just kind of declaring God. And it's, it talks about, in Hebrews, the, I will declare the name of God. And that means declaring God's character. The word for it is like declaring God's character. We together, as we're here, we're saying, God, it's like Joe was saying, you are faithful. You are good. You have helped me this week. You are the one who, who frees me, who gives me salvation, who gives me peace. It's these things we're declaring who he is. But there's something about when we gather in this big group that seems to be referring to here, that is different to in smaller groups. And when Jesus is talking about it, Jesus is basically saying, I will be there in this big group, and together we're going to declare who God is. Now, I'm kind of thinking, this is pretty amazing. Now, Jesus promises that when two or three are gathered, he's there. But in this great assembly, in this before the brothers, and because it's quoting the Psalm thing, I will be there when we are all gathered together, and together we're going to declare God and who he is. And there's something supernatural at that point in time. And, and one of the commentaries talks about Jesus presences himself and actually enables us together, and it's not us together, to see who God is. There's something new we see of God, something more. It talks about glorifying God. So it made me think, well, if I come on a Sunday morning, I think, okay, I'll come on a Sunday morning. I'll sing some songs and I'll do some stuff. But if I come on a Sunday morning thinking, actually, I'm going to declare God's praises because of his goodness to me, and you come in the same way, and Jesus comes and does his thing, we are going to see something more that we haven't seen because God is going to show us more of who he is. Now, I think there's more for us to understand in this, but that was the thing that particularly struck me. And it was interesting when we were in St. Martin. We'd had very significant times. I think in those trips, I haven't done that stuff for a long time. I realize for those network people, the importance of the relationship, the time with John, the time with one another. A lot of these guys are leading very, very big works very isolated. So those times were important. But when we met on that Sunday morning and sung that song, Great Is Our God, in three different languages, it really blew my mind. That was not singing a song. That was coming together to declare that our God is great and Jesus was with us and he was declaring that too. Yeah, thanks, Ev. You see, you've heard me say often about, yeah, it's great to meet together, but we are also here to meet with God himself, and God promises to presence himself amongst us. But it's interesting looking at these things to see how secure a base we can have and the authority of God's word. And I think that, you see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. As we are firmly based in what God is saying, 
in his word, there comes a faith, an increased level, therefore, of expectation for what he will uh, do and presence himself amongst us. And you know, guys, at the end of the day, uh, we're... The information may be useful and the teaching may be useful, but it is the reality of God's presence at a completely different level. And that's what we're really engaging in. We come here to join together to seek God. Now, of course, we could go in, into the park on our own and we could you know, still meet with God. Or we could come here on our own when nobody else is here and sit in an empty hall. But, you know, there's something about... The congregation, there's something about the assembly, there's something about being together in this which we're seeing in a clear uh, biblical basis. Let me just extend that a little bit. Uh, remember that, that the whole issue of the new covenant is not the law or the letter, um, not just the knowledge, but the, the, the Holy Spirit of God brings us into the experience of not just the knowledge about. You see, the Bible teaches us that the word, the letter, the legal, um, in fact, doesn't do us much good. It's a, it talks about it's a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. But apart from that, it's the Spirit that brings life. So we're looking for God, the Holy Spirit. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it speaks about um, the, the experience, the life that comes because of the, uh, the Holy Spirit working in the new covenant. In other words, it's God's Spirit that enables us to fulfill his commandments, to actually experience his presence. It's not the knowledge. It's that if you simply know, <coughs> and somebody says, well, <coughs> what does it mean? Um, yeah, well, when you gather together, God is there. I've got the knowledge. Nice. But it's a bit, sort of limited without the actual experience. Wait a minute. There's a dimension that is essentially different because God presences himself there. Now, I know that when you talk about those things and talk about the Spirit of God, it can sound as though it's some kind of spooky thing or some sort of out-of-body experience. Or, And, of course, people try that. But that's not what God's talking about. He's not talking about us kind of getting out of ourselves to get somewhere to him. He's talking about him coming to us where we are. It's not that we do anything. It's just that we come with an expectation, believing what he will do in terms of presences himself amongst us. Very, very important. So the Holy Spirit is a key um, to the new covenant as an, as an actual outworking of the truth in our lives. He actually does it. Now, uh, we won't go into looking at all the scriptures. Um, I'll give them to you so that they're on the, on the recording and if you're making notes. The first one was 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5 and 6. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, it's very interesting because Paul, uh, writing to the Corinthians... <clears throat> understanding where they are, recognizing his background, uh, seeks to bring things together into a current and positive understanding. And he uses the imagery of the temple. The temple has always been seen and been realized 
as God's dwelling place amongst his people. Even in the old covenant, people went to the temple. It was the holy of holies and all that sort of thing. There, there was this place where God dwelt. And so the temple has always been seen and understood as that. In the new covenant, in this particular scripture in 1 Corinthians six nineteen twenty, it brings out the, in the new covenant, it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now hold that a minute. We know that in terms of us as an individual. God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in our mortal bodies. So we, we know that as a, as a truth. But in this scripture, you see something very interesting. And I'd never seen this before. The temple imagery is tied to the Spirit. This is what Paul does here. Um, the Spirit's presence is in the midst of the people, Ephesians 2.22. In fact, it's saying very clearly, I know what we already believe, that God doesn't dwell in buildings made by hands. He very bluntly states that. It's not a place, there's no place that you can build that God dwells. God now has chosen under the new covenant to dwell in the hearts and lives of people. So how does the temple thing come into it? Well, he begins to explain to us that actually we individually are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God dwells in us. Now, if you like, uh, you can extend that to say, so when we come together, there's a joining together in a special way uh, of the, the relative and individual temples being joined together to be one expression of God's dwelling place at that time. They were God's temple in that place. Very interesting. As against all the other temples that were around, he was drawing out the point, this is the imagery he was using, that actually you become God's temple, God's people, the place of God's dwelling, a place of the presence of God in a very special way. Now, if we track back to what Avril was saying, as we come into that place and praise God, the scriptures that she was showing us means that actually there's, there's this amazing joining in, engaging together with us that the Holy Spirit is committed to. So, looking at becoming God's building, in God's place. It's possible to say, therefore, according to these scriptures, and I'm looking, by the way, at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, and verse 16, if you're wanting to follow those references, that when we join together, when we come together, we have a particular expression of being the place of God's residence. Not the building, nothing about the building, but we as a people joined together uh, can reasonably expect on the authority of God's word that we become an expression or the temple of God. As a gathered community, the people were being instructed there in Corinth that they formed one temple of the living God. God's alternative to all the other temples that were around. And what made them that, and this is the point I want us to get hold of, what made them that 
was actually his presence. Wasn't the songs they sung, wasn't the teaching they heard, wasn't the things that they did, wasn't even just the fact that they were glad to be together. It was his presence there that made them the temple. That's the special thing beyond anything else. That's what takes us out of just being a group of people enjoying coming together, having fun, hearing some good things. It lifts us into an encounter with God and a powerful place of his presence. The gathered church, the place of God's personal presence by his spirit. In fact, I want us to understand it's that that marks us out from all other peoples on the earth. doesn't make us more religious or anything like that. We're not really interested in that. It actually brings, it's a marking out. It's not about what we do, not about the words we use, the format of meeting, the songs or anything else. The thing that marks us out, the distinctive difference is the reality of the presence of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I enjoy. I've never, ever felt so at home or at ease in any place on the face of the earth as when I'm in the presence of God. It's indescribable. It's one of those things, to be honest, any words are insufficient. You have to experience it to know it. See, guys, I'm not talking about knowledge of Bible or anything else. I'm talking about actually the reality of God's presence. We had this conference. It was a great time. The teaching flowed. It was wonderful. We just heard that from Avril and Jamie. But the thing that stood out to me was when God, just in a very special way, presents himself there. I don't know how you describe that. You have to experience it. It was like we stumbled into it. I think Jamie was just describing on one occasion, Hilton was sort of um, kind of, we were trying to get out of him. What's the, you know, he's responsible. What's the next session? I couldn't get out of him. And then I'm, I'm walking across, just going back to my seat. I forget where I've been. And, and he said something to me, uh, and it sounded like prayer, a government prayer. So I went up to him. I said, what are you saying? I didn't, I didn't even catch what he was saying. Oh, he said, I think we should pray or something. Um, and it was then, as God was clearly directing him, that there was a real uh, manifestation of the presence of God. You all know, well, not all of you, but most of you know, there's a whole world of difference of that. Now, let's understand that when we come together, God has ordained that there's a, there's a special time that he chooses to make himself known. Now, that may result in some powerful things, like we were hearing this morning. That was a different, something still a coming together. May result in physical healing may result in people being completely changed or provision being made. Lots of different things. But all of that byproducts of the actual reality of the presence of God. 
God's temple in the community, where it's placed, is actually so. It's actually God's temple by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Of course, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, talks about the individual dwelling. Uh, Spirit is God's own personal presence in our lives and in our midst. It's not an either or, it's an and and both. It's about experience, not just understanding. And it really is the fulfillment that God made to his people. That once again, he would be present with his people. God's presence is here. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, but I think, I think I'm going to leave it there uh, and come back to that next time. Because I want us now to come into a time uh, where we're going to worship together. Uh, and again, feel free to stand or sit, whatever you want to do. And I want us to, on the basis of what we're looking at, what Avril's brought to us from the Scriptures, what I'm bringing to you, see there's a basis of expectation, of faith, for God to presence himself and for us to enjoy, as we take this time of worship and praise, to be expressing God's love and God's life uh, as we are joined together.